Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ditch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 1, Episode 19, Single White Sister. Yay. Finally... Sydney Andrews has arrived. And she looks like 12 years old to me. <laughs> were, were you like, did you feel like she was like so young? She looks so young. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, I know she's supposed to be college, but she just looks even younger. She looks to me. like high school. Yeah. Anyway, we're all very excited that Laura Layton is finally here. Let's get into this episode. So we open at the beach. Because they love going to the beach. Yeah. And Joe is snapping pictures of a seagull. I couldn't believe... I screamed. I was like, what is she taking pictures of? And then it's like a seagull. Well, it's also kind of like, what is her career goal? Right. Because she never seems like she's taking like advertising pictures or like models or like something that would be a job. Yeah. It's sort of just like very vague, photo- like I'm a photographer. Yes. But it's never like, I'm a fashion photographer. I'm an art photographer i'm a uh car show photographer right whatever she she doesn't have seem like she has like a focus or a point of view no uh, that's just like something to think about joe <laughs> maybe come up with a point of view jake is there and so she starts snapping pictures of him and he's camera shy they tumble onto the sand together and he obviously wants to have sex but she's like jake i'm supposed to be working yeah it's not the new year yet. Remember, she had that goal. Yeah, I. Can, we find out in this episode that they haven't fucked yet. How do you not fuck Jake? It has to be the new year, right? I mean, time is very vague. But if Sydney's supposed to be back in school, it must be right. Yeah. So he finds a book of poetry that Joe <laughs> has brought along to the beach with her, and he's like, "Oh, what's this?" And she's like, I think you should read it. It's William Carlos Williams. Yeah. It's like the very hip hip poet to like. I laughed because I was like, of course Joe would have that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty on brand for her. They start talking about his bike. She calls, I couldn't believe she said this to him. She was like, your bike is a girl's bike. I don't even know. I guess because he mentioned wanting a Harley or being obsessed with Harleys or something. And right. she was like, why, why do you have this girl's bike then? <laughs> I was just like, well, har- girls can ride Harley. Like, it was wrong. I, I don't, I didn't, also, I don't know anything about bikes. So I just couldn't understand, like, what would make his bike. I think it's small. 
I think that's what she was because his bike is smaller than a Harley, which is massive. Those are like hogs. Those are hogs. Is that maybe. what that means? I think so. I think so. Uh, I was shocked by this. They take off on the bike on the sand. Can you do that? Okay. I felt the same thing. I was like, you can't ride a bike on sand. On wet sand? On wet <laughs> I Look, I don't believe that's possible, even though I watched it happen. <laughs> I have never seen this before. I've never seen anyone just like take off. Usually when you ride your bike to the beach, I feel like you park the bike somewhere. No, and they had no issues. They just rode right off. Yeah. It was very weird. Um, I laughed out loud at that part. At Melrose Place, the phone rings at Jane and Michael's. It's Sydney, Jane's younger sister, and surprise, she's in Los Angeles on a surprise visit from college. And Jane's on her granny gown. (laughs) She's in the largest granny gown that I think actually ended up being a shirt, but it's really big. She loves her Eileen West (laughs) eyelet gowns, nightgowns. That's like the Jane's favorite nightgown brand. Yes. And Sydney needs her to pick her up from the airport. And Michael is grumbling. Michael's not interested in this, her being there. No, he doesn't like Sydney. He doesn't like Sydney. Rhonda is in bed with Terrence. They just woke up. And this is the most tired I've ever seen Rhonda. She got dicked down hard. She (laughs) had to have because Rhonda is like the most energetic person in the building. Like she's always at an 11. Yeah. So he gave her a real workout, which is hard to do. Yeah, because she's the workout queen. In fact, she has to get out of bed because she has cardio funk. And Terrence also has incredibly ugly sheets. Were they at his house? Um, I thought they were, but it could be Rhonda's. Whatever, those sheets were ugly. They were hideous. Everyone everyone on Melrose Place has ugly sheets. Apparently the 90s were the ugly sheets era. I think it was. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I I never had... Okay, that's not true. I have had patterned sheets before. I've definitely had patterned comforters. Yeah. But I am... Yeah, I probably have had pattern sheets. I've had like some, but usually my sheets are solid. But there's a lot of like... They were never abstract graphic, you know, geometric shapes though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he's like, you should have been a dancer. And she's like, well, I'm an aerobics instructor. Right. And he tells her that he has dinner plans for them tomorrow at Denise and Howard's. And Rhonda kind of rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, Denise and Howard's, your rich, sophisticated yeah. friends. And she's like, what am I even going to wear to that? Because they're so cultured and wealthy. Yeah. And he's like, well, how about I buy you that $500 dress that you saw in the window that you liked? The five, I would love to see that. Like, that's like expensive for back then. Yeah, and for now, I mean. For tw- for 30 years ago? Yeah, that's like. A $2,000 dress probably. No, it's probably like an $800 dress. Really? Inflation. Okay, we need to look this up. We're both wrong. Okay. It's $1,030.14. Wow. So Jane and Sydney are in the car heading back from the airport. They're in a cabriolet. Oh my God. Like I laughed out loud when I saw that card because of course Jane would have a cabriolet. I was going to say, this is the most Jane car ever. That car had its real heyday during this period. And I do remember it being like, that's a cute car. <laughs> it was so little. The Cabriolet, I would say, had like a 10-year run because 
in high school, when I was in high school in the early 2000s, I had a, like, I knew several girls who had cabriolets. Yeah. Or who wanted a cabriolet. It was a very cute car. Because that's like, yeah. Like girls like, it's I a, think. <laughs> it's a girl car. I'm it's sorry. It's a girl car. It's a car for girls. Um, but Jane has a cabriolet and they're driving back from the airport and Sydney, we learn, you know, we already get the vibe. Sydney's a little on the edge. We know she's bad because she smokes cigarettes. Yeah, she's the only one so far that smokes cigs in this cast. And she also charged the plane tickets to her dad's credit card without telling him. I thought um, another funny line from Sydney in this was where she wants a tour of L.A. And she's like, I want to see where John Belushi died. Yeah. Like, oh, calm down, Sydney. <laughs> she's so bad. Yeah, like, she is. She's a bad girl. And Jane is like, Sydney, I can't hang out today. I have to go to work where I design clothing. And you can hang out with Michael, though. And she's like, Michael hates me. Yeah. And Michael does hate her. But he takes her out to Bikini Burger, <laughs> where he, Matt used to work. <laughs> Michael takes Sydney out to Bikini Burger while Jane is at work. I couldn't believe this. So I was like, did they just still have the set? So they were like, let's just use the bikini burgers. <laughs> like, this this is something I know we talk about it every week, but this is something that infuriates me. So just listen to this. This is the, the their itinerary. So whatever time in the morning it was, Jane picks Sydney up in Westchester where the airport is, which is uh southwest. Yeah, it's on the west side. It's on the and west south. side. And then she drives Sydney back to Melrose Place, which is in West Hollywood, where Michael is. Yeah. And then Michael takes Sydney and drives her all the way back to the west side to wherever this beach is, beach bikini bar. You would not do if you're on your lunch break. There's no way. Oh, he was on his lunch break? That's what I was assuming because Jane's working. I thought he was on the hospital and was going to take her to lunch like on his lunch break as well. I mean, I could be wrong. Regardless. Regardless, it's stupid. Even if he wasn't on his lunch break, it's fucking stupid. Take her to Shooters. That's what Shooters is for. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Sydney is like, I just want this trip to bring me and Jane closer. Sydney's like been struggling. She's not good at school. And then we learn about the little sibling competition between her and Jane when they were kids. Because according to Sydney, Jane was perfect. In fact, according to Sydney, Jane's parents had a nickname for her, Perfy. That was so stupid. I, I was just like, that's like something the writers were like, let's just say Perfy, but we'll come up with something better. Yeah. And then they never did. It was a total bookmark. That is not a nickname. You don't call someone Perfy. I'm sorry. Like, no you would one, be like Perfect Polly or something like that. Like, if it was like a nickname, like, yeah. Michael tries to commiserate with Sydney by being like, yeah, well, my brother Dave is a real fucking asshole. Okay. Did you know that Michael was talking with his mouth completely full of food? <laughs> yes. I was like, why are they letting this happen? <laughs> and why can't I eat chips when I record my podcast? If this is allowed, it was disgusting. Yeah. I, I was like, is this like method acting? Like, what the hell is going on here? I've never someone seen someone on TV eat that full of a mouthful of food while talking. Was he like trying something? I have no idea. It was like really noticeable to me. And I'm not even someone who's like a 
picky about that stuff. No. I don't really care. But it was so obvious that yeah. it was just like crazy to me that he's like, okay, well, yeah, oh, Jane's, you know, she's not as perfect as she seems. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like crazy to me. It's like Thomas Calabrero, Calabro was starving on set that day and was like, this is my one meal of the day. Right. I'm not going to fake eat. I'm actually going to eat. Or maybe he was trying to make it realistic, but it's like some things you can't just, you just can't do. It doesn't work even though it's real. Yeah. Um, You're not fucking Marlon Brando. And he, (laughs) (laughs) calm down. And he then tells her, well, yeah, Sydney, Sydney doesn't have it so great. Or Jane doesn't have it so great. He's like, she's got a real bitch boss, Kay Beacon. And Sydney's like, oh my God, she knows Kay Beacon. Kay Beacon, not the Kay Beacon. The famous. Designer. No young people would be into K Beacon's looks. No. They're just not cool. No. At D&D, Allison is invited by her boss, Lucy, to the Advertising Association Ball, which is <laughs> apparently a very big deal. Yeah. Allison doesn't have a date. She can't just go to this thing solo. Why? I have no idea. That was idea. baffling to me. Um, and Lucy's like, well... Is there anyone you want to take? And she's like, well, I wish I could take Danny Baker in accounting. The first we've heard of this guy. Yeah. Never heard of him before. So Lucy's like, you know, go ask him. And so she goes into his office and this guy has a real business mullet. Totally. Like he's wearing, he looks like a fucking asshole. He's wearing like a blousey striped shirt. And suspenders and like a big fat tie with his little business mullet. His hair is very done. It's very fluffy. Yes. And she thinks he's hot though. And he can't go because he's going to the advertising ball with Kendra. And so Allison (laughs) does her little like sad puppy face. And then he says to her, but I'm very flattered you asked me, Eleanor. I laughed out loud. I I was like, that's the perfect thing to make Allison spiral. Oh my God. She's probably still thinking about that. Well, and it's like, like you said, we've never heard of this guy. We've never seen an interaction. So it's like, yeah, maybe he doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Also, like, you just go ask some guy. Like, it didn't seem like they had any relationship. Yeah. The whole thing was weird. It was really weird. But he's like, bye, Eleanor. And she was just like crushed. She's devastated. So that night, Jane goes into the bedroom where Michael is reading with his little glasses on. And she thanks him for taking Sydney out. And he's like, well, you know, Jane, for the first time we actually got along. But I don't want her to stay past the weekend. She still has to be out of here. This is a thing I, I love, Michael with his glasses. I do too. I think he looks <laughs> hot with them. He does. And so then Sydney and Jane do the pull-out couch together. They like set up the pull-out bed. With the crown royal purple sheets. That's what I wrote. You wrote Crown Royal? No. I just I was like, holy shit. I just said the royal purple sheets. But they're it is, so dark purple. But it is that Crown Royale, that yeah. bag. The bag that I used to use as a purse yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, it is bright purple. And Sydney reveals to Jane that she dropped out of school. And Jane goes, oh, Sydney, again. 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 And she's like, I want to stay with you guys. Yes. And this is one of the biggest mistakes of Jane's life. Biggest. Letting Jane, letting Sydney stay. Because this is going to have a ripple effect that will affect her for years right. to come. And I'm excited to watch mm-hmm. it all over again. So then 
The next day, Allison tells Billy about Danny Baker, and she's like, he called me Eleanor. And Billy's like, I'm sorry, Allison, I can't take you to the ball. I got a screenwriting seminar. You know, the one you made fun of. <laughs> I love when Be- Billy's passive aggressive. It's like, <laughs> <I do> see, <laughs> it's also kind of like, what seminar goes into all hours? Right. Like, what? Wait, also, what? give it up. Besides the fact that you should just give it up, like it, the whole thing was a mess. I also do think it's funny that Allison made fun of him for going to a <laughs> seminar. Like, I do think that's a sick move. I love that he brought it up because we would have never known. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then he says, "Well, you know, my buddy Tom just broke up with his girlfriend. Why don't we all go out for a drink tomorrow night?" Jake, I like how we, we're supposed to believe that Billy has friends. We've never heard of this guy. Outside the, the, the complex. That's not, I don't believe it. No. Where did he even meet him? And when we see, we, they don't look like they're friends at all, to no, be frank. <laughs> they don't. And he has like a good job. Yeah. I don't know what their connection is. Jake and Joe. Jake sees Joe taking her name off of the mailbox. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I got a letter from my husband. I don't know how he found me. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, why don't you come by the shop later? I got a surprise for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, Jane is trying to convince Michael that Sydney should just live with them. And Sydney walks in and she goes, wow, Jane, great dress. It's like the ugliest fucking dress I've ever seen. One of the worst things Jane has ever... That's where you know Sydney does hate her. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Because Sydney... Throughout the show, throughout the series, whether or not you like her style or not, Sydney is impeccably dressed. She always has a look. And she's youthful, unlike yes. Jane. Like Jane is, this dress, I can't remember exactly, it was like really shapeless and it might have had a jacket or a um, vest over it. It was like a a baby shit green dress. Yeah, it was hideous. It was, but it, yeah, Sydney, of course... But Sydney's always very put together. Like she has the hat and the belt and the And she's boots. always like, it's like showing off her figure or whatever. Like she she's looks, not wearing frumpy stuff. No, she's not a frumpy lady. And Sydney is one of my favorite dressers throughout this series. It fits her character perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So she's very impressed that Jane gets to work for Kay Beacon. And she's like, can I come by to the shop? And Jane's like, all right, fine. And Michael is like, very uneasy about all of this. Yes. He he doesn't like the idea that like Sydney is sort of horned in on their life. Once again, this is a pattern with her, right? Like she's like obsessed with Jane. She wants to be like Jane, but also hates Jane. Right. Right. And Michael knows this. And Michael can sense it. He senses that nothing good is going to come from this. And he just wants her as gone as soon as possible. And he has no idea how bad it's going to get. <laughs> And I can't wait. Yeah. Let's take a quick break there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So Jake got Joe a new bike. Well, no. Jake gets a Harley. Jake gets a... Okay. Jake Jake gets a new bike. He gives Joe... Her bike. His old bike. The girl bike. (laughs) Jake's... This is a classic TV show reaction where just a few words could have explained this. But I I hate this. It's like, you're being rude, Joe. You're actually being really rude. Yeah. Um, I, I understand if you can't accept that gift, that's fine to say that and set that boundary. But I feel like the way she said it was rude. No, she's very dismissive of his very nice gesture. You know, Jake is coming from a very good place. This is not about him trying to own her or control her. Yeah. It's just like he wanted to get a new bike and he thought it was a, she has no car. Right. Which is very difficult in LA, especially back then when there's no lifts or like whatever. Right. So, I mean, their relationship is very weird at this point. It's super weird. And Joe is still, even though I love Joe, like I love her character, she's still doing a lot of irritating things to me. Well, because she's still acting like there's this mystery about her past, which is very simple and very ordinary. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's like she's acting like her circumstances are so, like you said, like outside of the norm and crazy and like no one could possibly understand what I'm going right. through. Right. It's like you're not like someone who was in like a domestic violence situation where you had to like literally disappear because no one was protecting you. Right. Type of deal or something like that would make sense. Even then it's like you could say something like, look, I'm escaping a really bad relationship or whatever. I, I don't know. Like uh, the, to me, the way Joe acts about her husband is like she's in the witness protection program. That's, yes, that's the level. It's like she acts like her husband was a mob boss. Yes, and it's like I I don't doubt that he's not great, and mm-hmm. she wanted to get out of this relationship. I know he is has a lot of money, so that's probably also frustrating because he has resources to kind of ruin your life. Right. Um, it's more. It's not like I don't validate her feelings around the situation it's that i don't validate her being so cagey about it to jake and to other people she's close with because it's like just fucking tell them what's going on right and you can tell people without giving them all the details do you know what i mean like yeah yeah um she kind of makes people drag it out of her or jump to other conclusions right so yeah so she's like very rude when he gives her this bike she's like i can't accept this and she just leaves at K Beacon, K Beacon is on pills again. She's just always on pills. She's just running through that workroom, high as hell. <laughs> I think K Beacon wears the same outfit every episode too. Oh, we should look for that. I just feel like I don't know. They're trying to make it like she's like such a great designer. She's just wears a uniform. She's like Steve Jobs. She's like the Steve Jobs of the West Side. She's like, who are you? And Sydney's like, I'm Jane's sister. And then Sydney starts talking about how she's interested in design. And Kay's like, well, you have an eye for it. Because I guess she was like doodling. 
Yes, or, or she, just maybe looking at her outfit. Yeah, she. But but Kay immediately like likes Sydney. Oh yeah, they connect immediately, and Jane's just kind of like, why doesn't she like? I also like. I love when Kay swoops in on Sydney and Jane, and she's like, Jane, more forest green, not any more of that eggplant you keep trying to yeah. push down my throat. <laughs> I wrote, wrote that down. You know, Jane loves an eggplant. Jane loves an eggplant. Color. Um, Sydney wants to hang around the office, and Kay's like, I like your belt. And then we get like this sweet close up of Sydney's spangly belt. It's like a black belt with the silver studs. Mm. And it has the, um, where the belt doesn't go across, it goes diagonal. Yeah. It's like an <laughs> asymmetrical belt. It's very big during that period. Yes. And Kay is like, can you pick me up some magazines? And Sydney is like very happy to go be Kay Beacon's gopher for and the Kay's day. And like, and I want to wear that belt for lunch. Borrow your belt for lunch. Why would you want to? Like, You're going to borrow someone's belt Sorry. for lunch? Also, that doesn't look like Kay Beacon style at all. Because this was a very edgy, I'm saying that in quotes, type of belt. Yeah. And Kay is very like Eileen Fisher. She is Eileen Fisher. So Jane is obviously concerned about this. Later that night at Melrose Place, Sydney is gushing about how Kay Beacon gave her a $300 Victorian necklace. Did she just have that lying around? She had to have, right? Yeah. And Jane is irritated because Kay Beacon has taken a shine to her annoying younger sister. Whereas Jane has had to struggle this whole time. To get her to even be nice to her. Kay Beacon's like a major bitch to her. Yeah. Jane then takes a call from their mom and she lies about Sydney's whereabouts. And you can see Michael in the background, like very, very concerned about this. And they have a one bedroom apartment. This is crazy. Right? Cause she's just living in the living room. Yeah. Michael's over it. Yeah. I would be, I mean, that's not cool. Rhonda then shows Matt. We finally, Matt finally appears. Yeah. She shows Matt the dress that Terrence bought her. And he's like really excited for her because he's like this guy. She's finally being treated the way you deserve. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he loves you. He's hot. He's rich. He puts you on a pedestal. He like buys you stuff. What's the yeah. problem, Rhonda? And she's scared. And, he, and he's like, Rhonda, he tries to talk some sense under her. He's like, you're just afraid of being treated the way that you deserve to be treated. Right. Because Rhonda's like, he's smothering me. And he's like, come on, that's bullshit. And then he lists off like all the horrible people she's dated. Yeah. He did He did school her. He schooled her. Because I was getting to the point where I was like, well, yeah, what is she complaining about? You I know what I mean? It's like, well, I, I can understand. Maybe she's not into him. Like, I'm not denying that she might not like him. Right. That doesn't seem to be the case here, though. Right. Uh, and yeah, she clearly seems scared that yes. it's finally moving beyond bad dates. Right. Yeah. And Matt's, you know. Matt's like, Rhonda, Sydney thinks, thanks Jane for covering for her. And she's like, I just don't think my parents are proud of, uh, proud of me the way that they're proud of you. And that this is when they get into bed together on the pullout bed and they reminisce about childhood. And it's like this very wholesome scene. This is as wholesome as we're ever going to see it between Jane and Sydney. Yeah, this is our last glimpse of sisters. Being, <laughs> being good sisters. Good little sisters. And Jane is like, um, oh, Sydney's so happy to be in LA. She admires her relationship with Michael. 
And she tells Jane, she's like, I think I want to be a designer. And Jane, Jane doesn't like hearing that because she's the designer. Yeah. Sydney, I'm the designer in this family. You've never spoke of wanting to design. And now... (laughs) And now you come here to Los Angeles and now you want to be a designer your first day here? Right. And Sydney, she, before this, she was like, you need to find your direction. And, and so like Jane's just not happy about what direction Sydney wants to take. Right. Exactly what Jane does. And she's like, can't you go back to school? And she's like, I don't want to finish school. This is it. I want to do this. And then she says something completely baffling. She says, you can live cheap out here. I know. <laughs> I was like, can you? Like, I don't think so. Even, I don't even think back then it was even, necessarily cheap. No, Jane, that's a fucking lie. Even in 1993, you couldn't live cheap out here. Yeah, as relative, opposed to other places. Relative to the rest of the country. Yeah. The next day, Kay Beacon is ogling Jane's design, and this is when she she gets on her about the eggplant. She goes, Jane... Oh, no. This is when she changes her mind. She flip-flops on the eggplant. She says, Jane, we're ODing on forest green, so go back to the eggplant. So this is a great illustration of how erratic Kay Beacon is with with Jane. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't doubt that Kay Beacon is an awful woman to work for. She has an exacting taste that you have to match without knowing. And Kay Beacon's the type of boss where you have to guess ahead of time. You have to anticipate. You have to read their minds. Yeah. You have to read their minds. So Sydney arrives with donuts, and everyone likes the person who arrives with donuts. That's it's a no-brainer. This is Jane's mistake. Jane could be the person. I know it's not her in her job description, but if Jane wanted to like be manipulative, she could have arrived with donuts that day, and she didn't. And Kay loves donuts. <laughs> That's like a new detail we find out about her. She loves donuts. And of course, Jane is like, Sydney, what are you doing here? And she's like, I like running errands for Kay. Yeah, she's I, working it. I'm her errand girl now. <laughs> Joe runs into Jake at Melrose Place like nothing had happened at right. the bike shop. And she's like, has so, like, she has a lot of energy in this scene. Yeah, and, and Jake's she, mad. Jake's fucking pissed because she was so dismissive of the gift that he gave her yesterday. And she's like, hey, Jake, you want to see the photos I took at the beach of the seagulls? She's and so clueless. She's so clueless in this scene. And he goes, pass. <laughs> I liked when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Jake has some funny moments in these early episodes. Yeah. Just his dismissive. I was thinking a lot this week about him going, moi? Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's pretty funny. And the coffee and donut scene. Yes. Or the bagel, whatever that was. He's uh, he's definitely like an MVP for mm. me because he's very solid, uh, even though he gets ridiculous storylines. He's, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. I agree. So she's like, Jake, you're taking this the wrong way. I can't accept something from you if I don't give something back. And he's like, I don't want anything from you. I'm not your husband. Oof. Yeah. He put her in her place. He he, he did it. He went and there. I agree. Joe needs to... I think the thing that's irritating with Joe, it's like, look, you can either be in people's lives or not. You can't do it halfway because no one's going to want that. Right. Uh, and she's definitely doing that with Jake, I think, toying with him a bit. I agree. Billy and Allison arrive at Shooter's. 
Because this is where they're going on their blind date with Billy's friend, Tom. What Are they like Mormons? Like he's the chaperone? <laughs> like, why is he there? Billy's the chaperone on this date. This is this is just another example of the codependent relationship these two have. This date is insane. I wrote down Tom Cardigan and I was like, is that his name? But I was like, no, he had an insane cardigan on. Did you write his cardigan? I wrote, he's wearing a very chunky cardigan. It is so chunky. It's like that cardigan that people were going ape shit over a few years ago from Knives Out. It, that wasn't even a cardigan though. <laughs> it was like a pullover. But, but it was like a cable knit, like well, very chunky. This was the chunkiest cardigan I've ever seen in my life. Right. And this like, so Tom seems nice enough, but literally him and Allison are talking and Billy is like yawning. <laughs> I was like, are you friends with Tom? Like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> Billy is making such a scene. This is like a classic Billy moment where he's making such a scene where he's trying to be like, be like isn't it obvious I'm bored? Yeah, he's silent film acting boredom. Right. And his Andrew Shu way, which right. is like not the best actor. But it's literally, I have never seen someone act more bored. I was like, this is the rudest behavior I've ever seen from two people or who are your supposed friends that you put together in this moment. No one forced you to do this. Like, what are you mad about right now? Like, it was baffling. He was like, he wanted, he couldn't wait to get out of there. And, and he, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought the scene ended. It goes on a little longer. It goes on longer. There's like a scene in between. But yeah, so we like leave off on Billy just being bored basically. Yeah. At K Beacon Studio, it's closed and Sydney shows up and she's like, come on, Jane, let's go party. Let's go to Flaming... Flaming Colossus. The hottest club in town. Flaming (laughs) Colossus. What does that even mean? She's like, and she's also smoking. She's smoking in the office in the studio, and Jane's like, "Sydney, I can't. I have to work on these designs." And S- Sydney goes, "Don't be such a dweeb. It's Friday night." <laughs> and Jane's like, "No, I have to work. I have to redo all of these in eggplant, <laughs> which I already did, and switch to fucking forest green. <laughs> and I have to put them back in eggplant with my little those fashion plates and I rub the pencil." On them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have those? That's, yeah. That's the kind of designer Jane is. Oh, totally. She uses fashion plates. So back to shooters. They're eating food. I was trying to look at what they were eating. It was a lot of food. You know, it's like mozzarella sticks, wings. It's like all that kind of food probably, right? Spinach artichoke dip, but Ooh. really bad spinach artichoke dip with those chips that taste like... Um, you got them at like a, some kind of warehouse and they're really dry and like not good. No. And the, and the spinach is very clearly frozen. I mean, all, all spinach artichoke dip is made with frozen spinach, but this, you could, this is like, yeah, it's like you can taste freezer burn on it. Yes. I know the chips you're talking about. They're very dry because there's like, they're like no oil in them or something. Yeah. It's like, did you even fry these? No. I don't believe it. Remember that fat? Oil, like non-fried tortilla chips that tasted like absolute cardboard. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Type, no, I don't Not like for me. Um, but they're eating a lot of food and Tom is having a conversation with Allison and she's laughing and having a nice time. And Billy is like, oh, like he's bored. Whoa, look at the time. It's like probably like 8.30. He's being so rude. He wants to end this. Because they're hitting it off. Yeah. Tom, Tom likes Allison. 
And right as Allison starts asking Tom if he wants to go to the advertising ball with her, Billy jumps up and he's like, oh my God, Allison, we left the stove on. Well, it's like, so go, go turn it off. Leave us Billy, here. What do I, we don't both have to go turn the <laughs> dial. Well, <laughs> yes, because Billy needs adult supervision. That's true. He needs an adult he to help know him. How to do it. No. But he has like, he freaks out and he drags Ellen, uh, Ellen, Ellen. Eleanor. <laughs> she does seem like an Ellen. <laughs> she, <laughs> he drags Allison out of there. This is so rude. This behavior is like unacceptable. I, I couldn't believe what I, I was. I was like, I was like, first of all, even if you are jealous, show some fucking chill. Yeah. Billy. He like, has no chill. And she's like, Billy. And um, then he tells her, he's like, I didn't realize how weird it would be. Dating my friends. Yeah, I guess I don't want you dating my friends after all. Well, it's like, how about saying that after or like taking her aside at some point or something right. instead of acting like an absolute lunatic? They just left Tom with the bill. Uh, the whole thing is, and it's like, how do you make up with Tom now? Right. Without, he thinks you're an asshole. That fr- <laughs> friendship is done. Yeah, Tom that is like. friendship is over. Tom is sitting in shooters completely <laughs> bewildered. He's probably never even been to shooters before. No. And he's like, what am I doing here? I, I came to this fucking shithole. If this happened to me, I would never talk to Billy Campbell again. No, it was out of control. At the fancy dinner with Terrence's friends, this is like a very cliche dinner conversation with like snooty rich people. They're talking about art. They're talking about Tchaikovsky. There's like fucking candelabras. Yeah. like, these are people in their late 20s, maybe early 30s. Maybe. And it's like, they're like Richie Rich's parents or something. (laughs) Like, why are these? It's like, even rich people don't always talk about that shit with candelabras on their table. It was like a cartoon version of rich people. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, rich people can be hip and like whatever too. Like, it just, it was so stuffy. It was so stuffy, and Rhonda's obviously feeling out of place there. And the hostess starts talking about, like, we're in a cultural famine, because she's, she's complaining about the state of culture in, right. in the country, that no one has any culture anymore. We're in a cultural famine, she says. And Rhonda says, I think there's real famines to worry about. And every everyone goes, oh, she's socialist. She, yeah, yeah. They're like, what? How dare you? And then um, Terrence tries to like steer the conversation in a different direction. He's like, well, Rhonda's a dancer. Yeah. And the Denise, the the hostess, she's like, oh, what do you dance? What at? company are you with? And she's like, well, I'm actually a, a aerobics instructor. Yeah. Actually, I teach hip hop aerobics. Yeah. Terrence. Because Terrence is trying to not tell them that. Terrence is trying to like boost her up, like trying to make it seem like she's in between dance companies. Right. And like she does have some quote unquote legitimate dance career. But Rhonda is clearly comfortable with where she is in life. Yes. In her career. She already made the decision episodes ago that she wasn't going right. to be a professional dancer. And even though I do think this is shitty on Terrence's part... I do feel like Rhonda is latching on because she's like, oh, now I have a reason not to like him. Yes. And it is legitimate because I think what he did was stupid. Um, but definitely Rhonda's looking for anything, I think, too. She was relieved that now she finally has a reason to, to yeah. break off from this. Right. So 
Rhonda, um, yeah, Rhonda's like pretty pissed off at this point. Right, and they she, get into a huge fight. Well, first, the dinner ends with Denise saying to Rhonda, my point exactly. Right. <laughs> implying that Rhonda is an example of the cultural decline. Yeah. Hip hop aerobics. See? I only do bar to Tchaikovsky. <laughs> right. They come home, they have a big fight, and Rhonda's accusing Terrence of not knowing, not liking the real her. I think, I think Rhonda has a right to be mad here, but it definitely goes a little more off the rails. Like, because we haven't seen him, has he doing this constantly? Like, is she seeing everything he does for her as that? Like, it's definitely like a conversation that needs to be had. This is the first evidence that we've seen of this behavior from Terrence. But I do think Rhonda has probably been internally worrying about and stewing about this. Like, he's so wealthy. He's successful. Am I good enough for him? She's probably been dealing with her own insecurities. And I do think, like, if you're dating a lot of shitty guys, if a decent one comes along, you're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop, maybe? or or, Or you're like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, and... Like I said, like obviously you can interpret what Terrence did as him trying to gas her up, like right. not being insulted, but also being like, she's a dancer too. Like, right. But it's like, it, you know, it's, I can see it both ways, but it definitely leans towards being shitty. Right. So they have a fight. He leaves. Meanwhile, Jake is drinking a beer alone in his apartment and he finds Joe's book of poetry <laughs> and starts reading. Dude, I laughed out loud when I saw him do that, <laughs> which is like, so he's like, I'm tough, but I also have a sensitive soul. He has a sensitive side. I love Jake. Sydney comes home and she tells Jane, we had the best time at flaming mojitos. What was it called? Flaming, flaming Colossus. Flaming Colossus. And by the way, Kay went with her. Like she went with yeah. Kay. That's where I was like, Jane, your boss is going out too. You got to go. Why didn't she go? She's an idiot. That's where you go and finally bond with Kay and have fun and show her your fun side. This Jane is, doesn't have a fun side. This is the difference between Sydney and Kay. Sydney has street smarts and and people smarts. Yeah, she knows the way to move ahead is to bond with Kay. Right. And Jane just doesn't get it. She doesn't get Jane that. Jane thinks Kay is going to be like, look how what a hard worker Jane is. And no, Kay does not give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't care about her designs either. No. She wants someone that's going to do ketamine with her on the dance floor. <laughs> and borrow at, her belt. At Flaming Cheetos. <laughs> Flaming and Cheetos. borrow her belt. Kay probably had some crazy drugs there that night. Oh, God. Like, I bet, I bet Kay... Kay was in a K-hole all night. She probably got things like designer, designer, designer drugs. drugs. She got some designer drugs. <laughs> Kay had things before they were popular. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and Jane is like irritated because she was worried sick about Sydney because she came home so late. Right. And then she tells her, she's like, you're going to ruin everything I've been working for. The next morning, Jake puts on a cardigan, not a chunky <laughs> one, but he does put on a sweater. It's a very Mr. Rogers moment. He puts on a Mr. Rogers sweater. He goes over to Joe's house. She answers the door, and he just starts reciting poetry to her. He's already memorized one of those poems. He must have been up all night memorizing this. I wish he had put glasses on, too. <laughs> that would have been a hot look. 
Jake is hot. Because he would have looked like a porn star if you put glasses on. Because mm. he's like very muscular. Yeah. With his like tight jeans. And then he'd have the glasses on. So he would have looked like, I'm your horny professor. Yeah. It would have been a very like, she blinded me with science moment. Yeah. It would have been really <laughs> hot. And Joe is very happy about this. She's impressed that he memorized this poem. Yeah. And Jake says to her, you gave me this. Right. the poem. Right. Because she, she's like, I can't give you anything for this bike. But she gave him that poem. She gave him the love of poetry. And that's a gift you can't put a price tag on. No. So. Jake with poetry? Only Joe could have brought those two together. <laughs> Really sweet though. I thought Tell it was the sweet truth. Too. Like Jake is a romantic. He's a romantic, and the reason why Jake's romance works is because he doesn't try to be a romantic. No, and it's a little clunky sometimes because he is sort of rough around the edges. But it's sincere. It's very sincere, and Jake is totally the type of guy I would ruin my life for. Mm. Because he's so sweet, but he's, he is troubled. He is troubled. It's like the best combination. Yeah. So the phone rings at Joe's house. She picks it up and she says, how did you get this number? Don't you ever call me again. And she's like, it was my husband. And it's the largest phone I've ever, like, it's, it's like almost like, a, it's like when you watch a movie now that's set in the nineties, mm. they always have those huge phones, but right. this was really what it was. It was giant. Billy says good morning to Allison, who is balancing her checkbook at like 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Of course she's balancing her checkbook. Allison probably balances her checkbook every single day. Yes. And is like, has like a, like a specific time she does it at. When when I had a checkbook like a million years ago, that was, I never balanced it. No. I just would like be like, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Allison's super responsible. Um, he apologizes to Allison about his behavior at Shooters. And to make it up to her, this is the most Billy way of making it up Mm. to her. He's like, how about I take you to the ball? It's like, why did we take this long to get to this point? We knew it was going to end here. We knew it was going to end here, Billy. And you knew it was going to end here. And Allison is grateful. That's what blew me away. I was like, no, I'll go by myself, Billy. Like after your stunt last night. Right. No, she's like, Billy, Billy, well. Thank you. Like <laughs> you're canceling your seminar for me. Like that was her vibe. A, both of these people need codependence anonymous. They're sick individuals. They need help. This is, yeah, this relationship is sick. It's sicker than anything going on anywhere else in this complex. <laughs> Uh, and no one's talking about it. No one's talking about what a sick fucking relationship this is. So Michael then asks Jane, how long is this going to go on? Meaning how long is Sydney going to mm-hmm. be in our lives? And Jane goes o- over to Sydney and she's like, what are you up to today? And Sydney's like, figuring out how to help myself, Jane. Just like you said. Just like you said to do. Yeah. They're still in a fight. At K-Beacon, Jane is showing Kay her design. And Kay is like, where's Sid? I want those chocolate donuts again. Yeah. I hope she brings sprinkle ones this time. (laughs) (laughs) And Jane's like, she's not coming in today. And Kay's like, what, did you kill her? It was pretty funny. It was very funny. But Jane doesn't think this is funny at all. Yeah. 
And um, that's the other thing. Jane has no sense of humor. She's humorless. Have you seen her laugh once? I can't think of a time Jane has ever laughed. Unless she's like, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah. Um, Kay is like, oh, Jane, I just mean sibling rivalry. And then Jane's like, I'm sorry for Sydney being here 24 hours a day. And Kay's like, it's fine. Sydney will land on her feet. And that, that's when Sydney shows up with donuts again. And this is when we learn that Kay hired Sydney as her personal assistant. But Kay acted like that was not the case just seconds ago. Which is really fucked up if you think about it. Because now it, it seems like she was trolling Jane. Like, where's your yeah. sister? Because what if you, it wasn't like, is, is Sydney here yet? She's supposed to do these things for me. I actually hired her. Do you know what I mean? It was right. really weird when right. that reveal happened because I was like, oh, she act, She didn't act like that was her personal assistant two seconds ago. Kay's really hungover. Kay is a weirdo. She's a total weirdo. And Jane is like really not okay with this. No. Even though she tells Kay that she's okay with it. Well, she really has no choice. Yeah, she has no choice, yeah. but this is on Jane. She should have gone out to Flaming Margaritas last night. Absolutely. And done poppers with Kay, but she didn't. She did not. She fucking went home to Michael and had a lame evening. No, she got in her granny gown and they probably uh, watched some VHS tapes, <laughs> if at all. Yeah. They didn't even have sex. No. Like she had a dumb evening. That night, Rhonda is telling Matt that she can't get a hold of Terrence. She's freaking out. Crazy. And... That's when she suddenly hears romantic music, like singing, coming from outside her window. (laughs) And we see that Terrence is standing outside with like a three-piece acapella group singing for her. I was was like, what is this, like fucking pre-boys to men? (laughs) Like acapella group singing a romantic song? This is boys to men era. But there was only three of them. And he and Terrence is just standing there. He's not even singing. He should have been singing. I was like, he should be part of it. Like, right. Because he would have been... Because if it was four of them, then it would have looked like boys to men. Yeah. But it was three dudes singing and Terrence standing there. And it was very creepy. No one Did no one else in the complex comment on this either? No. And initially Rhonda's like, it's, I, I hate living here to hear everyone's loud music. And she goes, <laughs> look. And she's like, it's not... It's not someone else's music. Like, it's just like, there's Terrence. Right. Um, Rhonda's moved to tears. Yeah. And that's when Terrence gets down on one knee and proposes to her. And he's like, I don't need another year to know that you're the right woman for me. And she says yes. And Matt is smiling. He's watching. (laughs) Matt is just up on the top of the stoop watching and he has like an expression on his face that I couldn't quite... I couldn't put... I could not... It wasn't like... It was emotionless almost, but sort of peaceful. You know what it was? <laughs> he was just resigned to the fact that everyone except for him in this apartment complex is insane. Well, because just like a day before, she's furious. And then this next night, she's like, he hasn't even called me back. Like, it's like, you hate him. Right. The other night. Right. And now you accept his proposal? It was an emotional roller coaster. It was crazy. But look, they got to get Rhonda out of there. That's what we know. We know. Look, (laughs) 
Sorry, spoiler alert. They're kicking Rhonda off the show. They, it's like she's not an actress, so they can't get her a job. Right. There's no, you don't have to move for aerobics jobs. There's only one way to get rid of her. Move her on up. She's going to have a new life, she's, rich life. She's not living in that complex she's anymore. She's not hanging out with those people anymore. She's hanging out with fucking Howard. What's her name? Howard and Denise. <laughs> she's hanging out with them. Because this implies, this is a troubling implication, because this implies that she just cuts all ties with Matt. For no reason. For no reason. Well, and to be honest, I wish they didn't give this relationship any drama because yes. I would like to feel like Rhonda was going off to a good thing. And I'm a little concerned, to be honest, with this relationship. Well, are they going to be combative with each other? Is this just like... Like, I think they were trying to make a, like, we fight all the time, but we love each other, but it never really was Because this was the only time they fought. No, when they first met, they also had that combative oh, thing. right. So I feel like they were trying to make it like... Rhonda's the first woman to stand up to him or right. something like that. And that's why he loves her. But it's like, well, she doesn't have to deal with that her whole life just no. because you like it. Right. Um, I just, I, I wasn't, I want Rhonda be, to be going into a situation where we can all feel a hundred percent about, um, but I don't know. Whatever. They, they At least she'll have money. Yeah. She's going to be rich. So whatever. It's all good. Jane and Michael are in bed talking about, Kay hiring Sydney. Yes. What is come on my job, my apartment? What's Cause it, next? Because she's, Jane oh, is oh, like, oh, she's oh, taking my okay. job. She's taking my put, apartment. I didn't put punctuation oh. in there. So I was like, what is No, that? sometimes my notes are, so, I was like, what's Tom Cardigan? Who's that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not his last name. <laughs> so Sydney is like complaining about this to Michael. And she's like, come on, my job, my apartment. What's next? You? And we all laugh. We all laugh at this. Was this, but was this funny when it first aired? Probably not. Well, no, because I think I think when it first aired, we're like, oh come on, Jane. Michael will never do that. Michael would never cheat on you, Jane. No. So, uh, and this is this is great because it was like, yes, this is single white sister. It really is at this point. She's trying to take over Jane's life. Yes. And then she says, do you smell that? And she goes into the living room where Sydney is smoking. And this was a great line that Sydney, this was great. Because Jane goes, Sydney, I told you no smoking. And she goes, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Layton's delivery is so funny sometimes. It's like so good. Because it's very believable it's the way she so said believable. that. Yeah, she's smoking in those purple sheets. Yep. <laughs> she don't care. <laughs> the next day... Jake sees some guy rifling through the mail at the apartment complex, and he's like, can I help you? It's Joe's husband. Shocking. We finally meet Joe's husband, Charles. And he's like, yeah, I'm looking for Joe Reynolds. Or Beth. Oh, I'm looking for Beth Reynolds, because he calls her Beth. Yes. And Jake's like, I don't know anyone here. No, no, no one's moved in here for years. Sorry. Yeah. He shuts him down. And we end on some searing... Intense guitar music. Yes. This this episode had a lot of music like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this last searing guitar was intense. It was intense. And that's just like Jake's emotions for Joe. Mm. <laughs> and that's where we leave off a, a, a semi-cliffhanger, kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah. We know Joe's husband is in town and he's looking for her. He's looking for her. Um, and 
I mean, obviously Sydney, the arrival of Sydney is so exciting. Huge. It's so exciting. And I have to say, even in these first in this first episode with Sydney, she does breathe a lot of life into the episode, even though it's still more basic shit happening. Right. Um, yeah. She adds dimension. And she adds she kind of gives Jane some color yes. that Jane doesn't really have yes. by herself. Yes. She gives her this whole storyline of the, you know conflict between them at least Um, right but yeah i agree i agree uh that's the end of that episode we will be back very soon for episode 20 bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.